Hey there, and welcome to Off Curve. I am Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving home from the train station. Well, actually, that's a lie this week because I'm not really driving home from the train station. I'm I uh, I'm actually on vacation this week, which is nice. But I'm actually I ended up driving into work today anyway because my uh, my team was having uh, their holiday lunch, so I drove in. So I'm actually driving from work, (laughs) I guess technically I'm driving home from the train station because I'm leaving where the train station is at my office. Uh, but anyway, so this, this may be a little bit of a longer show, just I got a longer drive, so I may go a little bit longer than usual, but Hey, you know, maybe you're driving somewhere for the holidays. If you're, uh, if you celebrate those and, uh, maybe you need something else to listen to. So, uh, as always, we'll start with, uh, how I'm doing on ladder. I'm, I'm, I'm in a weird spot right now. So, okay, long long story short, I'm at, like, rank three right now. I actually got up as high as rank one, three stars, and then just the meta shifted on me, which is a thing that happens this early in an expansion is that you can sometimes get kind of like a pocket meta where you're playing something that works really, really well, and then all of a sudden it doesn't, and it's it's very... It's, it's, it's discouraging and it's kind of, you know, if you're not used to that and you don't, don't have enough of a track record of just, you know, playing well and, and you're too results oriented, sometimes that can be very discouraging. Um, but in any event, right. So I, I've been playing big priest and that's what I, what I want to talk about today. I, you know, obviously I'm the big priest guy now, right? So like, obviously I'm going to be playing big priest, but uh, I, I found something that was working for me really well and, and then a little bit less so, but I think I'm getting back to it. Um, and, and that's what I want to talk about this week is, is kind of reading the meta and then making decisions for the meta. I, I don't necessarily want to talk about like hard, trying to hard count in the meta because in, in, a, in a new meta like this where things are changing so rapidly, sometimes that's hard to do. But we can still talk about like how do you set yourself up for success, which is what I want to talk about today. But, uh, before, before I get there, just a couple things. So my, the second part of my card review with Andrew over at the happy Hearthstone is up. Uh, we went through 90 some odd cards in three hours, which I think is a new record for us. So especially as you know, how much I like to talk. So, uh, so you can go listen to that. Uh, it was recorded. We recorded it like three days after the meta. So there are some things that already sound a little bit shockingly out of date. Like, I, this was before we knew that Spiteful Summoner and, um, oh, there was another card. Oh, and Carnivorous Cube were good. So I have some pretty, pretty hilarious sounding opinions about those cards based on how it was before Cube Lock was a thing and before Dragon Priest was a thing. But anyway, I would, I would encourage you to go listen to that. I think we still had a lot of good opinions and I think a lot of the ways that you think about the cards are still, are still valid, even if some of the individual opinions are, um, are, are not holding up to the scrutiny of like a week's worth of time. Um, also there was a, a thread going around showing appreciation for a bunch of, of, uh, creators in the community that, and several people had, um, had tagged me in that, uh, you know, just kind of a, a thank you thread for paying it forward with appreciation for people who, you know, make the, the Hearthstone community a positive place. And I was really honored to be mentioned in, in more than a few posts. And, and I just want to say thank you to everybody. And, and, and I want to show my appreciation for all of you for listening to this as well. Um, I mean, I know you have a lot of choices of what you can do with your time and your, 
sitting around, you know, listening to me recording these off the cuff thoughts in my car. So I, I do, you know, some, normally I'd say this for the end of the show, but I really want to say this up front. Like it really does mean a lot, like how many people that I, it feels like have come and said that I'm, I'm contributing positively to their experience. And I feel like you all for listening to me are, uh, are, are really, you know, creating a positive experience for me too in return. And, and I just want to say thank you to all of you for, you know, anyone who's offered me any gold quest, not that I'm, a, I'm ever asking you to do that, but you know, those of you who have, or, or have just reached out and said that they like the show or, or even if you've not, you know, even if you're just sitting there and you just listen to me and you never interact and that's completely fine too. Uh, just thank you for taking the time out to, uh, you know, to, to listen to me and, and, and to help me be a bigger part of the community too. Like I really do appreciate that a lot. All right. So this week, what I want to do is I want to talk about tech cards and I want to talk about tuning your deck for the meta, which is going to be a difficult thing to do right now. But I think that we're starting to see a meta settle. And as I'm recording this, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure that the Vicious Syndicate report for the first one for the new expansion will be out. And that's really going to solidify the meta a lot because usually the the meta really starts to settle once Vicious Syndicate reports on it because... You know, there are people who know what's going on and then everybody else kind of learns from the Vicious Syndicate meta and that becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy to some extent. But I think what we need to talk about are, are you know, good tar- good tech cards and bad tech cards and, and what makes sense to tech into your deck. So, you know, tech cards, uh, you know, any tech card is something that is intended to uh, react to a specific type of deck. So, you know, if you've never heard the terminology before, the the best example is like acidic swamp ooze, right? Like a weapon, a weapon just, um, countering tower card. So it's a three, two for two and it destroys an opponent's weapon. And it's the kind of card that you generally will not play unless there are a lot of weapons in the meta or a lot of weapons that are wrecking you, or there's one popular deck that runs a lot of weapons. Like when pirate warrior was popular, then you would run that card. And, um, and so that's something that you will sometimes put into a deck when circumstances apply. And there was a school of thought, and I was kind of there too, that weapon hate, as it's known, would be a very popular thing in this meta. And it's not really. I mean, you do see some decks running Harrison Jones, but as much as weapons were a focus of the expansion, they're not really a focus of the meta. And, you know, sure, there's something like Q-Block that relies on Skull of the Minari, and if you can destroy it, then that kind of helps you, but it's sometimes it's not as much of an issue that it's worth running a card like that into your deck, and and the thing is that you won't, you, the problem with tech cards, especially specific tech cards, so something that's really good against weapons, or murlocs, or pirates, like Galaka Crawler, or Hungry Crab, something like that, like the reason you don't see Galaka Crawler in every deck, even though it's very good against pirates and patches is still everywhere is that two things have to happen. First of all, you need to be playing against the deck that that's designed to counter. And if you don't, then you just put a river crocolisk into your deck and you wouldn't ever run a river crocolisk. So you're expecting that you're going to get the upside from that card. And if you're not, then that card's just bad, right? Like eater of secrets is even worse because you're playing, uh, you're playing a two, four, for four mana that you would never play ever. But if you happen to be coming against the secret mage, then it wrecks them, or at least it wrecks them for that turn. 
right? So that's one reason is that there isn't really a single type of card that's so prevalent that it's worth running a tap card that has the downside of that. And even if you do, right, like you're usually only running one. Like you're not going to run two co- two copies of Acidic Swampus and Harrison Jones in your deck just to counter like Skull and the Minari because the first, you get diminishing returns on the second one. Because, you know, how many weapons are any given deck really running? They're running one, maybe two, right? So if even if you hit one, then the next one is pretty much just like a vanilla minion and it's it's not good. And so you also have to draw that one copy of it when they have the card that you're trying to target. And so even if you're running it, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have the card when you need it against the deck that you need it against. So those kinds of specific tech cards are, are generally not great, but that doesn't mean that you can't tech your deck for the meta. And so there are definitely a lot of things that various decks are doing that are in common. And we're, I'm going to go through the, re- the meta now and we're going to try to see those that you can put some general purpose uh, reactive cards in to try to counter. And, and as, a, as I'm playing Big Priest, which is a control deck, it's not a, it's not a meme deck, it's a control deck, um, when you're doing that, generally you're trying to put as many cards that are going to be good against as many decks as possible. And there are commonalities in the decks that you're facing that you can tech against. And be assured that you're going to generally get, like, reasonable value from them when you pull them. And therefore, it makes your deck stronger against the board as a result. Okay, so now that we're kind of getting a subtle meta, we're we're seeing... It's still fairly diverse, but there aren't that many decks that are being played. I mean, again, I'm playing mostly at the 5 to Legend meta. Um, So this may or may not apply as you go down the ranks, but... This is basically what I've been seeing at, at high at high ranks below legends that I think is pretty representative. So the first deck that you have is basically a, a set of three, really, which is going to be Agro Paladin, um, Murloc Paladin, and Hunter. Usually Spell Hunter's kind of fallen off, but there's a face hunter that's going around that, that generally does the same thing. And you have uh, a very bursty start. You have a lot of small minions that snowball. And then they rush you down and then use buffs or weapons uh, along with a little bit of direct damage in, in the case of Hunter at the end to do the final bits of damage after they've beaten you in with the early minions. So you have a lot of small minions very quickly that often have low health, that often have low attack to start but that get buffed, and that... You generally need to be clearing against them if you're not racing them in order to keep them from getting out of control because once they do start snowballing, it's very hard to stop it. It's more so in the, in the case of Murloc Paladin. They have a lot of reload um, in, in the form of Divine Favor and Call to Arms. So generally, you'll wipe a board and they'll come right back. Uh, at least in the in the Paladin versions. And the Hunter is has a little bit less reload, but it's a little bit more sustained in, in terms of the beast synergies. But that's, that's very... You're going to see that a lot, and that's kind of one of the big challenges of this meta is dealing with the aggro decks and trying not to get rushed down. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you have a couple of combo control decks 
in the form of Raza Priest, which, I mean, we know, we know what that is at this point, and Q-Block, which is effectively a very, very slow control deck with a one-turn kill um, win condition very similar to Raza Priest. So both of those decks are going to draw cards, they're going to pull cards out of their deck in the case of Q-Block, and they're trying to set up their win condition, which generally involves them drawing a few cards. And in Raza Priest's case, you have Raza and Anduin, and then you have Velen Mind Blast and whatever additional cards are there to fuel the rest of the damage. In Q-Block's case, you have generally Skull of the Minari and a Doom, a Doom Guard in hand, Carnivorous Cube uh, once the Doom Guard comes out, and then Dark Pact to, uh, to kill the Carnivorous Cube and then create multiple more Doom Guards, and then you also have things that resurrect them, like Gul'dan and Nazoth, if the first wave doesn't kill you. So it, it actually, it plays a lot like any Finn Paladin back in the day, where you're just trying to get your stuff killed so that you can either kill the, the opponent all in one shot with the initial burst, or so that you can play a car, a 10-mana card at the end that's going to effectively finish the job. Uh, when you think of Q-Block like any Finn Paladin, and actually, and I, I'm actually thinking of this now off the cuff as I'm saying this, but which is so it's a bit of a revelation to me in real time as I as I'm recording this episode. But when you think of it like the old any Finn Paladin, um, then especially like last year's any Finn Paladin, not the one that had old Murkai as much, but the uh, the the newer version that was more prevalent with Finja later on where you're just trying to kill your Murlocs and then get them all out so you can do, like, 28 damage burst. Q-Block is very much the same thing. You're just trying to assemble all the pieces and then get that in place, and, you know, that is... Everything else is stall to get you to that point. And, you know, sometimes it'll come earlier, sometimes it'll come later, but everything is stalling to get you up to that point. Raza Priest is the same way. So you have two decks that are basically just trying to stop you from doing anything, stop you from doing damage long enough so that they can get their combo in place. And then you have Big Priest, which again is a straight control deck. Uh, that's, I don't, I don't think that's as popular, even though I'm, I'm a, you know, a proponent of it. You have a smattering of Tempo Rogue and Zoo, though those have kind of fallen off because the control deck can really just stop them from doing anything. And really the only other decks that you have are some of the, the Spiteful Summoner decks, like Dragon Priest, uh, which is more of like a mid-range deck. It's really the only true mid-range deck we have that, that just tries to get a lot of value out there um, on every turn. But So that kind of falls into the tempo shell as well. And then the only other deck that I think I left off of there that's really seeing any decent representation is Secret Mage, uh, the new version that runs Aleneth, that effectively what it's trying to do is hit you with minions early, draw through its deck, you know, deny your game plan with Secrets, and then burn your face down for the last few bits of damage. Um, so it, it is kind of like a tempo deck in that way too, that it's just trying to compete on board and then get the initial chip damage in with minions and then eventually it just goes over the top with the burn. Um, I, I kind of feel like that's more of a tempo deck. Uh, maybe it's kind of like somewhere between aggro and tempo, but that's, that's where that is in the meta. And I feel like that's kind of, as you go higher in the ranks, you see less secret mains just because it can't keep up with everything else. But and it is very reliant on getting Aleneth early. Uh, but, you know, there are still some, some people who are having success with it. So, so that's basically the meta, as, as I'm seeing it right now. Um, 
you're really seeing very little druid. You see Jade Druid once in a while. You're not seeing any shaman. You're not seeing any warrior. Once, once in a while, you see that pirate warrior that shows up with a spellstone. But that's, that's basically it. So my inclination was to go back to Big Priest because I saw that Big Priest was doing okay. And, and what I decided to do was look at how do you counter everything that's going on in this meta? Because, like, if you go full control or full full aggro, let's say you go full aggro, right? You're going to run into Q-Block. And you need to have an answer for that. Like, if you run into a Void Lord that gets resurrected, how are you getting through it? So, in Secret Mage's case, the, the answer is, well, I'll burn your face down. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, in, in Aggro Paladin you have to basically be running secrets because, or not secret silences, because how else are you dealing with a Void Lord that comes out? And especially, like, a Possessed Lackey that pulls out a Void Lord on turn 5 or turn 6, like, you need to be able to deal with that. And if you can't, then you just lose. Um, similarly, with the control decks, you need to be able to deal with an early, with multiple early rushes, right? Like, it's not that just the Paladin will rush you down once and then run out of, run out of steam. It'll rush you down with an initial wave. You clear it. They play Call to Arms. They keep rushing you down more. And then they play Divine, Divine Favor to refill. So you need to be able to survive several waves of, of aggression until you can actually stabilize and then start taking the game back over. Um, and so with the tempo decks, you need to be able to deal with decks that go tall as well as wide. right? So generally, like an aggro paladin or a Murloc Paladin, or a, or a Face Hunter will go wide, and they'll try to beat you that way. Like, a Tempo Rogue wants to go tall, so they want to just stick a minion and then Bone Merit. And that's how they're going to, they're going to, to finish you off. So, whatever deck you're playing needs to be able to deal with, wide, with multiple wide boards, multiple tall boards, or brick walls effectively or you decide that you're going to deal with two of those three and then you're either going to take the losses from the other or you're just going to beat them in a way that the other one is irrelevant right so like in the case of an aggro deck you're going to say well if they can get a void lord out i lose i'll run silences to deal with the lackeys and deal with the first void lord and if they can resurrect it if i'm letting them live that long then i just lost anyway right so sometimes you, you just make that decision as an aggro deck. As a control deck, you need to have tools against everything. Because if you don't have tools against a wide board, if you don't have AoE, you're going to lose. If you don't have uh, spot removal, you're going to lose. And then you also need to have a win condition on top of that. So, so this is how I ended up landing on Big Priest. Now, one of the reasons is, obviously, it's a deck I'm very comfortable with. It didn't change very much. Um, it did get the addition of the Spellstone, which is huge for that deck, because sometimes you would just run out of resources, and the Spellstone can give you another wave, and that wave is really hard to deal with all those minions all at once. So that's kind of a finisher that it gave you. And it also uh, started giving you things like, like Psychic Scream, that one of the problems with Big Priest sometimes is dealing with a board that is too big for Dragonfire Potion or resistant to Dragonfire Potion, and Psychic Scream lets you deal with that. So let's talk about the big priest that I landed on and that I'm playing right now and what kind of tweaks I made to the deck in order to uh, try to counter the meta as best I could. 
All right, so let's talk about Big Priest and how this fits into everything, right? So this is the list that I'm running. I'll have a link to this over at offcurve.com. And these are all two ofs, unless I say otherwise, and obviously the legendaries are all single copies. So you got Silence, Shadow Visions, Shadow Word Pain, Spirit Lash, Shadow Word Death, uh, One Barns, uh, Eternal Servitudes, Greater Healing Potions, Shadow Word Horror, Dragonfire Potions, Shadow Essences, One Lesser Diamond Spellstone, Psychic Screams, uh, Shadow Reaper Anduin, the Lich King, uh, Obsidian Statues, Ysera, and Yasharad. So you still have the same basic Big Priest shell. Um, your, your goal is still the same thing. You're still trying to... Uh, ideally, you want to get Barnes, but you're not going to hard mulligan for it. Uh, you're looking for trying to get Shadow Essence and Barnes to cheat out your minions and then just start resurrecting them. The Spellstone helps with that a lot because that gives you kind of like late game burst at the end to be able to just dump up a whole bunch of stats onto the board at once. Um, so that's really the only new card other than Psychic Scream that's in the deck. So how are we targeting the meta with this thing? So obviously the double silence is key. Like you need silences to be able to deal with, with buff minions from aggro decks. You need it to deal with a possessed lackey on five that's going to cheat out a void lord or a doom guard. Uh, you're going to need it for the, uh, the card draw minions out of Raza Priest. There's a lot of uses for silence. Silence is one of the biggest techs in that you can put into your deck right now, and that will help you against pretty much everything in the meta. There are very good silence targets. Um, Spirit Lash is another one that I put in after I started playing the deck. I, I took a list from someone else, and then I saw, uh, you know, a few different versions, and I saw some running Spirit Lash, and it started making sense to me. I never really liked Spirit Lash in Big Priest, but in this meta, it works really well, because, again, when Aggro, when Aggro Paladin is throwing a whole bunch of minions onto the board, a lot of them have one health. Uh, there are a lot of decks that are putting out um, South Sea Deckhand and pulling out patches, and you can just answer that. Um, and in any event, it's a heal. And, and a lot of what you need, you need healing in this meta. If you're not going to be aggro, you need healing. You're like Genji, right? Because, like, if you look at Secret Mage, and this took me a little while to figure out until I actually crafted Alaneth and started playing the deck, that the way you beat Secret Mage is just by outlasting them. Like, if you... They only have a certain amount of damage that they can throw at your face, right? If you can clear their minions, and their minions generally, unless they really get a sick curve, are not super hard to deal with. Once you can deal with their minions, they have a limited amount of burn that they can throw at your face, and a couple of, like, greater healing potions with one good Spirit Lash... And they're never going to be able to do enough damage, and then they just run out, and then you can fatigue them at that point. Because, I mean, if they're not killing you quickly, with, once they get Alaneth on board, they're not killing you. And generally, you can just throw a minion in front of all their minion damage, stop the minion damage for the rest of the game, or make them use their burn on your minions, which is effectively the same thing. Um, Shadow Word Horror is the same thing, right? Because you have uh, a lot of Secret Mage's minions... And this has been the case even going back to the Ungoro meta when Burn Mage was a thing. A lot of their minions outside of the actual secret synergy minions are to, are to attack. So you get rid of those very easily. You, one of the things I love to do against Aggro Paladin is I will wait for them. I'll let them build up a big, a big uh, board and just let them go into turn four and just wait until 
they call the arms and then I will clear them with a shadow word horror and it usually clears everything. Sometimes you need to use a silence to get uh, like a dire wolf alpha out of the way, but just a quick shadow word horror and then after the call to arms is key because if you let them reload then you're wasting another another removal. But it's very tempting to like coin shadow word horror into one of those big boards and if you can just wait one turn, let them overcommit and then clear, and that's kind of the key to a control deck. Like you need, you need to get card advantage out of these clears, and and that's all the big priest is is just like a big toolkit of card advantage. So if you can let them reload, or let them overcommit rather, and then clear, it's better than than clearing and then letting them reload and then clearing again. And usually, if you even with divine favor. Clearing that first wave all in one card and taking minimal damage and healing up is usually enough with a Spirit Lash to clear out. So that's dealing with the aggro decks. And, and generally it's pretty effective. I mean, sometimes they just get you. But if you can get a couple of clears, you're generally fine against the aggro decks. So then what's the game plan against control? So against Warlock, you actually have a really good game plan because you basically are just silencing. And then you can deal with more or less anything that they put out. The only way that they really, really beat you is if they can get their combo online quickly and you can't answer it. So if they drop like Skull and Minari on four and you just aren't ready for it, then, and they have the rest of the pieces assembled and can just hit you for 15 or 20, like there's a hard, it's a hard to deal with that. Just like it's hard to deal with like Raza on five and Anduin on eight out of a Raza priest. But you have ways to, to combat it if they're not getting, like, the nut draw. And so, if they drop a Possessed Lackey, you silence it. If they get a Void Lord out, you kill it, or not. I mean, it's up. It's, sometimes it's better to not kill it. But that's what Psychic Scream is there for. So Psychic Scream is great for getting their cards back into their deck, which does a few things for you. First of all, it doesn't, it doesn't actually kill the minion, so they don't come back from Gul'dan or from Nazoth. And if the minion does die, sometimes it's even better to let it die and then shuffle the three Void Walkers back into their deck because that's basically three dead draws. Uh, it, it depends on what the situation is and, and how far into the game you are. Like after Nazoth or Gul'dan, it might be better to Psychic Scream the Void Walkers back in just to give them three bad draws. But either way, like Psychic Scream is really, really powerful against that deck because that deck wants you to kill its minions. Like that's what it wants you to do and you have plenty of ways to not. You can silence them and just ignore them, or you can scream them and send them back into the deck. Psychic Scream is also really good against Raza Priest when they don't get the combo on curve, because what that does is that lets you, um, it lets you shuffle a bunch of minions back into their deck, and assuming that they're not minions that have good battle cries, some of them are and some of them aren't, uh, you can slow them down from finding their combo, which gives you more time to set up. Uh, and really, all you're looking for against both of those decks that are combo decks is time. If you get your minions out there and you can just keep hitting them in the face and not let them just draw and develop their combo, which sometimes you're going to do as a big priest in the early game, but once you get past, like, turn five or six, if you can just start developing threats and not let them just draw with reckless abandon, then you can generally outvalue them before they can get their combo online. It doesn't always work out. Sometimes Raza Priest just gets you. But, and also, Shadow Word Horror can be bananas against Raza Priest because there have been more than one occasion where I've had a board against me of 
uh, of Acolyte and Northshire Cleric, which is usually a really scary combo when they're both out on, on the board, Shadowward Horror just cleans that up right away. And it's really, really clean. Um, you know, obviously Shadowward Thent and Shadowward Pain are, are staples there as well. That's why I'm also only running the one Spellstone because I've been seeing more aggro. I think that if you're seeing more control, you can probably swap out one of the screams for the Spellstone because really the best way that you just dumpster on control is you just throw a whole bunch of big minions out that they can't deal with all at once. I mean, it's just Twisting Nether is the only real solution to that, or Psychic Scream. But even Psychic Scream is fine, because then you're still getting them back in your deck, and you just need to be a little bit careful about how you plan out your minions to make sure you have reload. And sometimes it's worth, if you haven't... One one game that I had recently, uh, I got Barnes into Yasharaj, and Yasharaj... I forget what Yasharaj pulled out. But they left the 1-1 Yasharaj up for a couple of turns. And I started getting a little bit suspicious that I was going to get Psychic Scream. They were going to send them all back into my deck. So I just Spirit Lashed my board just to kill the Yasharaj off so I can resurrect it. And that was the difference in that game because they did have Psychic Scream on 7. So the only deck that's really left out of these that I haven't addressed yet, that, that really is the one big problem for the deck is the, is the drag, other than the mirror, obviously. And the mirror is just going to be what it is. Um, is Dragon Priest. And Dragon Priest is problematic for a number of reasons. One, because they run mind control, which sucks. <laughs> and also because they run a lot of dragons and a lot of things that are bigger than most of your clears, uh, which is the main reason that I put the second Psychic Scream into the deck, just so I could have something against them. Um, Dragon Priest is the one big... I haven't really figured out the right solution to that yet. It might be a mass dispel at some point, but even then, it's kind of problematic just because of the Spiteful Summoner, but even then, if it's one bad matchup out of all of those, then that's pretty good for something you're taking on the ladder. So, I mean, just to wrap up, I, I'm not saying that Big Priest is the answer, like capital T, capital A. Uh, it's the answer for me for right now. It's done very, very well for me. Again, it got me up to rank 1.3. I slipped back down a little bit. Um, I'm hoping to make some of that ground back up uh, over the weekend, but it's been overperforming for me. And so if that's a deck that you're inclined to play, again, the deck that's going to be best is the deck you're comfortable with. Like, when you're seeing so many weird things on the ladder, sometimes it doesn't necessarily matter as much the card choices as much as that you're comfortable with everything that's in the deck. Uh, so that's my real advice to you is don't look at this as this is a guide to Big Priest and this is the deck you should be playing on ladder. But look at this as this is how you look at the meta and this is how you look at the kinds of things that the decks that you're facing want to do. And then what kinds of cards can you put in that will be strong against them that will give you a better chance for success as you're climbing the ladder. So use that as kind of a thought process for when you're tweaking lists and maybe you're taking a list from a streamer or, or from a pro that they post and it's not quite working for you. That's the kind of thing you can think about. Maybe they're facing different things than you are and then you can make some changes to that list to adapt to what you're facing and maybe give yourself a better chance without having to stick to that list religiously. Uh, so that's all I have uh, for you this week. Uh, I, I do want to, I, I got a, a new iTunes review from Random Person uh, over on the Canadian uh, iTunes store and I really do appreciate that. Um, I, re I really appreciate all of the reviews that come in because they, you know, again, they do help with the visibility of the show and, and Random Person, I'll just read that out real quick. Um, it says the show is really good to get a small bite-sized chunks of insight into the game of Hearthstone. A lot of ep episodes have advice that is applicable at any skill level of the game, and Steve explains everything very well. So, so thanks a lot, and, and it means 
Again, it really does mean a lot that you guys are listening and, and taking the time to write those, write those reviews, and they do help a lot. So um, you, you can go do that. Again, there's a link in the show notes at offcurve.com uh, for where you can get right to that. And uh, you can also uh, follow the show's Twitter account just for announcements for when new episodes go up, which is at offcurve. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at wickedgood. You can, um, you can follow me on Twitch, uh, wickedgoodfm. I actually streamed this week. Uh, again, I've been home on vacation. And I actually was able to get a stream going for like an hour, and it worked. Uh, so you can go watch that. I actually got to uh, Psychic Scream of Living Mana on stream, which was fun. Uh, some of the games did not go quite as well. Uh, I ran into one Dragon Priest that just, just wrecked me repeatedly, but, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. But anyway, you can go catch the out of that, or you can follow me, and I'm hoping now that I have the technical piece lined up, I can get the last couple of pieces in place to uh, get this happening more regularly, because I'd love to do it. I... I I feel like, you know, we had a good time. Um, so I'm Wicked Good FM. Um, you can follow me on Twitter to find out when I'm going to be streaming until I figure out a schedule. Um, and yeah, I think that's what, what else? There's got to be something else that I'm missing. Uh, uh, you think I know this by now. Yeah, that, uh, that is pretty much it. So um, anyway, again, thank you as always for listening. I really, you, you all are the reason that I do the show and, and I like that I'm helping people. It sounds like I'm helping people. Um, so I really appreciate you all taking the time to listen and, um, have a happy holiday, whatever you celebrate. And I will talk to you next time. Um, thanks a lot for listening. Talk to you soon.